Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Zeta Zay. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. You need to go back to the drawing board because your game absolutely sucks! Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Cobb. I'm Lewis Howley. I'm Sam Spoke. We are pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Hello, my name is Ina Dragunov, the star, the NXT UK champion, and you're listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You are listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Stan C, Ro Moran, and Rowan the SHIT coming to you with another audio-only episode. It's the first of 2022, and this one is a big one because we're talking to a good friend of the podcast, Robbie Eagles, one half of the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions alongside Tiger Mask. And it's the first time we've had him on in about a year and a half, no? Uh, yeah, I actually noticed that we didn't have him on the entire 2031, but that's because he was super busy last year. So it's good that he is on vacation now on uh, in his home in Australia, in Sydney, and he has time for us this morning. So we're recording this uh, literally minutes after we just talked to Robbie. So we got to ask Rowan, how was it getting your cherry pop with your first wrestler interview, man? Well, first international wrestler on what you see on TV, on pay-per-view. That, that isn't me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really felt like David Otunga on commentary because I was speechless and I only got to ask a few questions. Oh, I know. Yeah. I mean, at least David Otunga, you asked you know, one question, <laughs> but we're not going to dunk on you for it. Naman, you know? um, I'm glad that you got to experience that for yourself, though. It could have been worse, like I said. Like you could have asked like dumb questions, but uh, you did not, so that's good. Uh, At least I didn't ask like, "What's your favorite Filipino food?" Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, diba? So you know, dun palang nakalevel up kana. It's going to be a really fun conversation with Robbie. We're going to talk about his experience at Wrestle Kingdom 16, being Bobby Two Belts, wearing the Filipino flag-inspired gear that he won the Tag Team Championships with alongside Tiger Mask, and so much more. That's going to come to you in a bit. But first, we got to let you know about a way to support the podcast, and that is by being a Wrestling Wrestling Podcast patron. All right, guys. So it is time for another premium live event. 
Yon. for WWE uh, this at the end of January. That is the Royal Rumble 2022. So featuring the Impact Knockouts Champion, Mickey James. So if you want to catch that with us live on Monday morning, I believe that's January 30. No, no, it's uh, Sunday morning, Manila time. Ay, Saturday nga pala siya. Sorry, sorry. Yes. Sunday morning, January 29. Uh, it is, uh, you can sign up at patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast for as low as 250 pesos a month. You get access to our Discord server where we talk about wrestling and where we actually have a Royal Rumble betting pool for actual cash, 18 and over only. <laughs> uh, you get um, exclusive review content for all the TV shows, uh, Pasa by merch, and we have some new merch coming up on the pipeline for real, for real this time. So uh, wait, watch out for that. So all you got to do again is to subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast. Again, for the very low price of 250 pesos a month. You can also protect your internet activity and support the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast by getting a NordVPN subscription. Here's how. Right, so you can get exclusive content that you would not get in the Philippine internet as well as, you know, protect your online surfing, as Stan said. All you got to do is subscribe to a NordVPN plan using our affiliate link, podlink.co slash 476. That is podlink.co slash the numbers 476. It will take you to the NordVPN page where you can subscribe to a two-year and four-month subscription for as low as $89. That is a real steal. All right, so let's get to it. It's time for our main event. It's our conversation with Robbie Eagles of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Our first audio-only episode of 2022 is also our first interview with a wrestler for 2022. He is a good friend of the podcast, a three-time guest at this point, former IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, and currently one half of the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions alongside the legendary Tiger Mask. Please welcome back to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, Bobby Bullets, Queer Robbie Eagles. How's it going, Robbie? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well and uh, excited to be on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast yet again. Hey, got to have you back. We see that you brought the belt with you as well. And uh, we were talking about this before we hit record. You're also popping the cherry of one SHIT. <laughs> Say hey, Rowan. Hey, Thank you. Yeah, I'm yeah. really, I'm really feeling starstruck right now. I mean, it's, this doesn't feel like I'm... a literal SHIT. Okay, <laughs> just let it roll, let it be natural. Just, you know, if you need to, we'll slow down. I'll, I'll speak nice and slowly because my Aussie bogan accent can come out sometimes, and I know that's hard for people to understand. But we'll guide you through this process. <laughs> I'm kind of used to it because some, some of my cousins grew up in Australia. So now we know, uh, Rowan. If you ever shit the bed, we're going to put you on mute. That's it. It's going to be that easy. <laughs> All right. Uh, kidding aside, um, how's it going, Robbie? How have you been since you returned to Australia? I saw on your Instagram stories that uh, you finally got to leave Japan a few days ago. Yeah. So I've uh, I've been away from Australia for the last six and a half months. And that's just been due to proxy of the pandemic and restrictions in Australia, restrictions of coming and going in Japan, and um, just the workload that I had in front of me, especially being a champion in New Japan Pro Wrestling, I couldn't just up and leave. I had to kind of um, wait for the right opportunity. So I've been home for about uh, three full days now, and they've all felt pretty much like a blur at this stage. Family got together. We had a belated Christmas, which was nice of everyone to kind of wait for me and do that. And uh, it's kind of just taking it all in, right? The other thing as well is right before I left six and a half months ago, I just purchased my first home. 
moved in and the place doesn't look anything like it did when I was first living in it for those three weeks. So uh, wow. it's, it's a bit of like a, a gobsmacking situation walking into something going, wait, is this my house? Why is the carpet different? Why is the floor different? Why is the walls all painted? Why does the kitchen look completely different to what I remember? So yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm just soaking it all in right now, one minute at a time. Uh, congrats on the new home. I saw that post on your Facebook right as you uh, welcomed that new home into your family. But um, how's Sydney right now? Has there been a spike with Omicron variant and all that? Because here in the Philippines, it's a total shit show. Yeah, pretty much the same here from what I understand. I'm just kind of catching it on the news and then getting acclimated with the current situation in my uh, my immediate area. I'm not making trips out when I don't need to because I'm trying to you know stay fit and healthy for upcoming matches and my next trip to Japan, which is not going to be long from now anyway. So uh, I need to be able to get on that flight uh, without any positive COVID cases. So if I can stay away from people, I'm pretty much doing that as much as possible. Is it hard trying to settle back into, you know, just being in your house, being with your family and uh, not thinking about the next show with New Japan? Yeah, it's... uh... Like after the first day, it was really nice. It was nice to see my wife, especially for the first time in so long and, you know, make a few calls and get to reply to some text messages and stuff like that and start reconnecting with everyone that I'd be, you know, speaking to on a regular basis or even seeing on a regular basis back here. But after the first day, it was kind of like, okay, I'm enjoying this downtime, but I can't get sucked into the downtime too much. So I had that belated Christmas and we had a smorgasbord of food because of my Filipino mum being a Filipino mum. Uh, and I had to kind of restrict myself afterwards and be like, oh, wait, no, I think I've overeaten and I'm still a pro wrestler and I still have matches coming up. And it's not like it takes a day or two to snap back into shape. It, I'm, I'm almost 32 years old. It takes a lot more than that to snap back into shape. So I can't indulge too much as much as I want to. And strangely enough, because I have been away for so long, and let's chalk it up to the language barrier for the Japanese, some of the people that were wishing me well when I was going back home were saying, enjoy your vacation. And that was a bit of a head stuff around because I was like, I'm going back to where I actually live. I don't live in Japan. (laughs) This is not a vacation, but I understand where they're coming from, especially because I'm back to work so soon. Do you feel like you've really acclimated to Japan? Like, you know, six months in in a different country is a very long time, right? So uh, how do you feel now towards Japan now that you, you spent six months there in the middle of a pandemic, no less? I definitely appreciate some things more than I used to on my in and out trips that I would do before the pandemic. But there's also other things that really piss me off about the culture and the and the country but you get that with anywhere right like i have things here in australia that piss me off as well so uh it's, it's just part and parcel of you know living somewhere um i've got a pretty comfortable i've got my own sort of space that i go to especially for the two-week quarantines that we still have to do in japan and i'm pretty good with all of it so it's almost like i think definitely it is a second home right now especially for people considering that i'm doing a vacation in australia quote unquote <laughs> so that's still just getting to me Uh, What's that like? What's living in Japan like, especially for an extended amount of time? So can you try to paint a picture for those of us who have no idea what that's like? For me, I obviously have it a little bit differently because I'm not a young lion, but I am still living at the New Japan Dojo more often than not. And uh, some people would be against it, but I actually quite enjoyed it because before this kind of pandemic era of us coming in and, you know, having to stay a couple months at a time rather than coming in for a week or so, I was in and out of hotels and that's all great. You get the privacy, you get a nice bed, you get generally for us, we're at the Tokyo Dome Hotel. So that's a pretty large room compared to most Japanese hotel rooms. 
but you're eating out every day. You're walking 10 minutes up a hill to go to a laundromat. Um, the gym is on a train two stops over. So there's a lot of inconvenience with that hotel situation. So with the dojo, we have the, the ring and the weight room attached to the facility that we're living in. You know, there's laundry facilities there because obviously the young lions have to do laundry for themselves and the senpais. And then there's a kitchen. And that, for me, that was the no-brainer. Being able to cook my own meals instead of relying on takeout or conveni foods or whatever was around me made a whole world of difference. And I could even just see it. I did like a thing on my Instagram during my last tour where I put a picture of me in 2021 around the same time from 2020 in the best of the super juniors. And the difference in my body was immense. And that was a, because of the dieting and regime I had in Australia for the seven months before I left uh, last year. But then B, it was also my time in Japan. I was at the dojo. I was cooking my own foods. I was watching what I ate way more because I wasn't relying on that takeout stuff. So yeah, for me, that's the be all end all. Give me a kitchen and I'm happy anywhere. There are some legendary stories of the New Japan veterans and legends being very strict with the food. So has that carried on into the dojo? Like, are there veterans who come in and mandate that this type of recipe must be cooked or this type of meal must be served to everybody? Not that I've seen firsthand, but they rotate the Chunko flavors on a daily basis. So there might be some, uh, like a second time in a week that we get the kimchi flavor and that could be a request of one of the senpais, but I would, I would be you know, unbeknownst to that. So uh, it kind of goes above my head as a foreigner that doesn't speak the language. Right, right. Let's get into that last tour because, you know, six months is a long time. There's so much that happened to you in that span. So I guess to start things off, um, now that you're back in Australia, how did you feel about that entire run? I'm really proud of everything that I did, not only in Japan, but I got to do four weeks in the US and I, I had about four matches, uh, two for New Japan Strong. And then uh, two others on the independents for PWX and for uh, VXS, which are both fun companies to be a part of. And I had some matches that people never thought I would have. So I'm, I'm incredibly proud of the whole run that I had over six and a half months. I felt like I got into the best shape of my career. I felt like I was doing the best work in the ring of my entire career. I was really at the top of my game in all aspects. I was putting my best foot forward. And look, I, I walked away at one point double crown champion in the junior division. And that hasn't happened to very many people in, in the division. I think from the top of my head, the only other person I can think of is Desperado, who was the double crown champion before I unseated him for both championships, which was, you know, icing on the cake. But I can't think of anyone else that's been able to accomplish that. So for me, that was kind of like, you know, nail in the coffin, I could rest easily after that point. But then Best of the Super Juniors came around and I went, ah, oh, damn, I haven't won that yet. So I kind of have to chalk that off the bucket list. And then uh, having been at the Tokyo Dome as a champ and walking back out as a champ, and I did two Tokyo Domes in that six and a half months, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I'm very lucky. I'm grateful. And uh, I'm just the kid still living his dream that he said when he was seven, eight years old that he was going to be a professional wrestler and never would I thought it would be of this height. Okay, so you mentioned your championship runs from the last tour, and that was pretty big. It was pretty historic for you. Uh, you won the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship for the first time. Tell us what it was like winning that and then winning the Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships with the legendary Tiger Mask. The singles title, man, like that almost felt like it wasn't supposed to be a thing, right? And a lot of people might have kind of put it out into the world that, oh, you know, it's because it's a limited roster and this person and this person and this person 
have visas been available, would have gotten a shot before Robbie. But I've been with the company since late 2018, and I've only had one other title shot at that championship. So I thought I was overdue for an opportunity. And that's why when I made my presence felt, I pushed myself to the front of the line, something that I wasn't very comfortable doing, but I felt like that was the right move to make. I, I needed to be in contention for that championship. And everyone was just overlooking me as much as these top guys in the junior division say that I'm one of the best opponents because I pushed them. No one really wanted to call me out. So, I mean, I had to do it myself. I think that was special. And although it was like a, a mid-year Tokyo Dome, something that hadn't really been done for a long, long time, it was for Wrestle Grand Slam. It was its own kind of event. It didn't really have a history. Uh, lots of people were kind of maybe overlooking it or might have skipped it because it didn't have that Wrestle Kingdom kind of uh, aura behind it. But for me, it was really special because at the time, most of Australia was in a pretty harsh lockdown. And I knew that all my colleagues in PWA and everyone else from other wrestling companies across Australia were, were sitting at home not really being able to do what they love to do. And then I knew that they were, because a lot of them had messaged me and reached out, they said that they were going to tune in and watch it. And because, you know, the time difference at that point was only an hour, it was a pretty good time for Australians to tune in. And then the outpouring that I saw of people sharing it on social media, that they were watching it and clips and, you know, videos of them reacting to the win. I, I cried in the ring when I won the title because I kind of felt, like I looked up at the lights and I was like, I'm not supposed to be here. There's been so many hurdles in my career that have basically put me on that brink of saying, yeah, I think I'm done with wrestling. I think it's time to move on to something more realistic that's going to set me up for my future. But I always persevered. And I just thought of those moments in the ring. And I was like, I'm holding the championship that I've been gunning for this whole time. This has been my goal is not only to be a part of New Japan Pro Wrestling, but to be the guy in my division. And I did that. And then when I came backstage and went through my phone, I was in tears again because, uh, you know, some of my family and friends, especially like my, my sister, my brother-in-law, my wife all watched together. They're all crying, watching it. People from PWA are reacting to it, crying and jumping and shouting with joy in these videos that they're sending me. And it just made me feel really validated in the relationships that I've had within the industry of professional wrestling, because I didn't force anyone to watch it. I didn't pester anyone to tune into New Japan World and catch it. They all did that on their own. Um, and for me, that makes me incredibly humble because I always put so much effort into helping them and their careers, whether they've been a student of mine, a peer of mine, a tag partner of mine, an enemy in the ring of mine. I've always done whatever I could with my position now to try and bring it back to Australian wrestling. So yeah, that was incredibly emotional, incredibly special. Uh, I got to share it with, you know, guys like Rocky Romero, who's a really good friend of mine backstage as well. And he congratulated me and, you know, topped it off with a shoey, which was uh, only fitting for the Tokyo Dome. Moving on to the, the tag title win. Uh, I guess this is where it becomes a little bit more special for people like yourselves is that's when I first debuted my, my Philippine flag heritage tights that I'd been planning for so, so long because I kind of like, it was an oversight by me, but it was also, everyone was kind of putting it out there. They were always shining a spotlight on my Australian heritage and my Australian nationality. And I understand that because it's where I come from. That's what's on my passport. But 
not very many people in the mainstream of professional wrestling knew my background in the Philippines, knew that my mum came from that country. So I'm, I'm, I'm half Australian, half Filipino. So I really wanted to project that out to the masses. And I probably picked the, the best night to do it because I think everyone really pegged me and Tiger Master just going to this main event and just, you know, he's been wrestling so long. He's 20 years older than me. So quite up there in age. So people are like, look, Tiger Mask has been there, done that. Like he's not necessarily a title contender anymore. So for us to get that opportunity, people were just overlooking it. Here I come out with my Filipino tights, feeling really like proud and, you know, um, putting that energy out there. And then I walk away as a double crown champion with Tiger Mask, an unexpected tag team partner. We had never tagged before the Super Junior Tag League a couple of weeks prior. And we just started kind of rolling. We meshed together. And then next thing you know, I've got Kanemaru and the Ron Miller special. And in my head, I know how sneaky he was. And I'm like, he's going to do something to get out of this. I've been in this position before. It's not going to happen. And then I hear his hand hitting the mat. And I'm like, I start freaking out internally. And this is a different emotion to the the Tokyo Dome singles title win. I kind of just like have so much energy and joy and I'm starting to, like scream and I stand up and I'm saying Bobby two belts and I'm, you know, the things that I put out into the universe are coming true. It's really just like a full circle for my career. Right. I feel like all the work that I put in kind of came to a point, a peak at that point in that night, but I don't want to say it's a full circle completely because I think there's another circle that I'm on on the outside now, which is a bigger circle which is going to take even longer to get to a peak or complete that full circle. Cause I don't want to say I'm done because I'm definitely not done, but yeah. Oh, even just talking about it with you guys now, I'm starting to get a little bit emotional again, um, thinking about those events and the fact that they happen at the Tokyo Dome and Corican Hall, two of the most special places for, for professional wrestling. I'm just incredibly lucky on a day-to-day basis. We're taking a quick break from our conversation with Robbie Eagle. So we can let you know about a way to support the podcast. And that is through your online shopping over on Lazada. All right, guys, as you know, uh, there are always a lot of sales going on on Lazada. So everything you want and need, hashtag Nasa Lazada Yan, you can always get it. And supporting the podcast through your online shopping is easy. All you got to do is use our affiliate link, podslink.co slash IAM, podslink.co slash the letters IAM. Type that in your mobile browser at the cart and check out from the app. And what you buy will help us do what we do here in the podcast at no extra cost to you. And now another break to hear from our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. Hi mga macho at sexy chismosa, ako nga pala si Makoy, ang inyong corporate slave. At ako nga pala si Ingo, ang inyong corporate lucky. Nabalitaan nyo na ba yung pinakabagong chismis? Nandito na kami ngayon sa Podcast Network Asia. Oo nga, kaya samahan nyo kami sa longest. Longest? Running. Ay, yung pinakamahaba? Comedy podcast sa buong Pilipinas. Di ba ba longest yung pinakamahaba? Oo, oh, maraming tayong pinakamahaba. Ang macho chismisa. Dahil ang tunay na macho, Pag Longest ba? Tayo rin yung pinakamatigas. Speaking of the Filipino tights, the special uh, red, blue, and yellow tights, I, re- I remember that you uh, called out some fans who were talking shit about the tights. <laughs> so what did you feel about that when that happened on the internet? Yeah, it was it was um, pretty annoying, to be honest, because they some people said and I think it was journalists was the uh, was the word that I used because fans fans can have their opinions. But when someone's reporting on professional wrestling to like a, uh, I guess, a professional manner, I want them to have their facts right. And the fact that they didn't even pick up 
through English commentary or through my Twitter or my social media that it was in ode to my heritage. I thought it was just a little bit, I'm trying to figure out the words to explain it, but I felt like they could have done their due diligence as a reporter. So it just, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And normally when these things happen, I write the tweet and then I go, oh, I won't put that out there because I like to keep everything fairly positive. But this one, I think just got me on the wrong day. And I was just like, look, here's what it is. I'm not going to like at you because you don't need that. You didn't at me in your report. So this is how we do it. And if that person saw it, awesome. I haven't had any DMs. I haven't heard anything, but hopefully they understand that they're not clown pants. And if they don't like my costume or my tights that I wear, then don't watch my matches. What's the reception been from the Filipino wrestling community? Because, um, you know, you, you didn't just use the Philippine flag's colors on your tights, but you also wrote Familia and Puso on your uh, wrist tape, right? So that meant a lot to people who actually saw your post-match promo on, on YouTube in New Japan World. So what's the reception been like from, from the Philippines or from the Filipino community abroad? Well, that was all thanks to uh, people that you guys would know. I, I reached out to a few friends from my Philippines trip in 2020. And I was like, look, I, I really need something that kind of projects this unity for the, the pro wrestling community, especially in Manila. So that was why I put Familia Puso because I thought it was something that kind of binded us all together. And uh, the reception was incredible. I'm glad people in the Philippines are still catching New Japan because, you know, we're, we're still putting on matches more frequently than a lot of the other the other companies are out there, pandemic or no. I've now since gained more of a Philippine following. I actually had someone reach out to me on Facebook during that period. And they're like, hey, I think we're related. And it turns out there's a relative of mine that I didn't know existed that's kind of on a distant side of the family, but they're a wrestling fan, didn't know who I was, then kind of through sleuthing was like, he's Filipino, and then started doing some investigating, found out that we're actually related. So yeah, it's been, it's been really cool. I'm chomping at the bit for the world to go back to normalcy so that I can come back and, you know, see the fans and the friends that I made over there firsthand and, you know, get back into a ring in the Philippines. But we'll just have to wait and see when that happens. I'm really curious about how somebody like Chris Charlton would, would shout out your Filipino heritage. Is that something you talk to him about backstage or is that something that he has in his back pocket? So when he sees like, say, the Philippine flag on your entrance gear at Wrestle Kingdom 16, he just busts it out when necessary. Like, how does that work? Well, Chris is his own beast. He does his research. He's not like the other journalists that I was speaking about before. He, <laughs> he, gets, he gets the right notes. So that's all on him. Kevin Kelly's really good if he wants clarity on something when he's doing commentary on post. He'll generally reach out to us just to kind of ask for backstory or meaning or just to make sure he gets it right. But I did catch him out because he said that my dad was from the Philippines and that my mom was from Australia in one of the earlier matches in the Best of the Super Juniors. And I said, uh, actually, Kevin... It's the other way around, but my dad was living in the Philippines and my mom lives in Australia, so I could understand where it's confusing. And his reply to me was like, can you be normal? And I said, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I want to talk about that quick trip to the US you did sometime in, was it, was it September or October of last year? I remember one of the first things I saw on Instagram was a picture that Persia Pirata had posted of all the Aussie wrestlers getting together. So it was Indy Hartwell, yourself, uh, Persia Pirata, Jonah was there, I think, Grayson Waller. So what was that like, just getting everybody together under one roof? Well, so the backstory of that was I didn't know that was happening. I was uh, staying at Jessica McKay's place, the former Billy Kay 
from mm-hmm. WWE, but now of Impact Wrestling, of the Inspiration. That's their name now. I see. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm in the know. So I was staying with her and her husband because they're very good friends of mine since I started in professional wrestling. They were both around and I've known them for years and years. So when I reached out and said, hey, I'm going to be in Florida for a while, they said, hey, come crash with us. So I was like, cool. It's like maybe my second or third day. It was pretty early into the trip. I was still kind of jet lagged from the time difference. And uh, I was just, you know, upstairs playing video games and they didn't tell me anything was on. I should have clued in because the night before we went and picked up like 24 cookies from like this really artisan kind of cookie place. And I was just like, man, these two want to pig out with me tomorrow. I'm down because I'm treating this like a vacation, but like that's a lot of cookies for three people. And then uh, go upstairs, play these video games. I'm not dressed for any occasion. I'm just dressed to hang out in like whatever clothes. And I come downstairs and then I see all this food kind of set up on like their kitchen bench. I'm like, oh, what is all that? Before I can really take it in, everyone jumps up and goes, surprise. And I literally like hold my heart and like walk backwards. And I'm like, oh, what? And I couldn't comprehend what was happening. Like I could see the people, but my mind didn't know how to send any like signals to my body or my like my voice to like, speak about how I felt so I'm just kind of there going ah and then someone was like well you're happy to see us or not and I'm like yes of course and then I kind of like came to so yeah it was great because at that point I had already been away from home I think like two and a half months almost three months and that was you know that was long enough already and that was the point where that four weeks that I spent in the U.S. was supposed to be my time off back in Australia I was supposed to have a six-week break um but because of the lockdowns we had here in Australia, the restrictions we still had for people leaving Australia and the fact that I started to do two weeks quarantine when I would come back to Japan made it impossible for me to go home. So during that six-week gap, I was like, hey, look, can I go to the States? And then there was an opportunity for matches at New Japan Strong and it all fit in together. So I was just like, look, this is great. It's a vacation kind of, but it's more like a working holiday. And uh, yeah, seeing them all and you know, just embracing with them and... You know, they're all at different stages of their wrestling careers. Some are with WWE, some were with with WWE. Um, It's just incredible to see my friends and doing so well in like a foreign country, um, especially as an Australian. So, yeah, I'm super happy for all of them. And I can't believe the heights that some of them are getting to now. I didn't realize it was a surprise gathering for you. Like, I thought everybody just got together. Everybody happened to be in the States. So that was an answer I didn't see coming. So thank you for sharing that. How many of the people in that picture came through the ranks of PWA or were trained by you in some way or or form? Uh, So Grayson Waller, Persia Parada, definitely two students of mine. So they're the most recent additions to NXT from kind of that group in that photo. Jonah was a traveling partner of mine. And we had multiple matches against each other. We were part of the the G3, as people called us, for the um, original kind of Australian contingent that started going to PWG on a regular basis. Uh, myself, Adam Brooks, Jonah. Who else was in that picture? Duke Hudson is someone that I've gone way, way, way back with. Before either of us were in professional wrestling, we knew each other. So I've known him for over half my life. Um, so he's like a day one person. And then you got Cassie and Jess. Cassie started about a year after me in PWA and Jess had been around almost a year before me, but both of them chalked me up as one of their trainers, which I don't understand. Like I helped Cass with the basics and then I kind of was more of like a training partner for Jess, but I guess towards the end, just before they went to America for WWE, I might've helped them put some finishing touches into their professional wrestling. Uh, But it was mostly just being in the ring with them on shows. 
you know, Cassie was my original valet. So that's our little backstory there. And then uh, Jess at first would be an opponent of mine and like mixed and intergender tags. And then eventually she'd be on my side. And uh, there was like a full circle in 2011 for PWA's anniversary event. Um, it was actually myself and Jess against Cass and another person. And that was Cass's first time going against me because before that we were on the same side. So like I've kind of done it all with with those two especially and i've seen them you know from the very beginnings to what they are now and uh yeah i'm so so happy for all of them that's amazing we got to talk about grayson waller because uh you were the bridge between us getting to talk to him right before he joined nxt so that still blows our minds here on the podcast so uh how does it feel from your standpoint watching him now getting into a beef with aj styles incredible who would have thought even he texts me and he's just like what are we doing? There was a cool little moment where a couple months ago, he was wrestling Roderick Strong for the Cruiserweight Championship. And I was still the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. And we were just like, man, can you imagine if you're the Cruiserweight Champion of NXT and I'm the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion? That's just a story in itself, is it not? Like coach and student, peer and peer, however you want to look at it. Two sides of the world, both Australians conquering different companies. That man, we've always known how talented he, he was. Even yourself, Stan, you, you've known since you saw him on Survivor. And just, he has the gift of the gab, but he also can back it up in the ring. And when he eventually does face off with AJ Styles, it's definitely something that I'm going to be tuning in to see. Because I still remember lining up in 2005 for a rare appearance by AJ Styles on an independent wrestling tour of Australia nervously trying to like tell him oh you're one of my favorite wrestlers aj please sign my dvd and it's funny because there was another wrestler who i would meet a couple years later when i started training that was on the bonus section of the dvd where they're filming the meet and greet and he meant to say aj styles you're my inspiration as he handed him something to sign but what he said was aj styles i'm your inspiration and then it's a story that will never be forgotten. So I just wanted to put that out into the universe. And for the person that knows who that's about, suck it. All right, going back to you being the double champion in the junior heavyweight division of New Japan and closing out successfully 2021, what are your goals for 2022? And do you have a wish list of wrestlers for 2022? I feel like the wish list for people that I'd like to, to face is kind of hard to actually put out into the world because of the restrictions we're all faced with in terms of this pandemic. We don't really know any which way month to month that things are going to pan out. So if I put it out there and then it doesn't happen, not only are, will I be disappointed, but you know, potentially other people in the world of wrestling will be disappointed too. So I don't, I don't want to get anyone's hopes up. What I know is I'm, I'm, I'm going back to Japan soon uh, because I'm the champion, one half of the junior tag team champion. So I've got to defend my championship again. I don't want to just have one defense and then call it quits. I want to keep defending this, these titles against as many teams as possible. So for 2022, I'd like to just hold on to this championship with Tiger Mask for another Wrestle Kingdom. I, I want to walk into the Tokyo Dome again with him by my side. One year on, like a full, a full calendar year, still the tag team champions to prove that I've always known tag team wrestling was something I was good at, but I think people really underrate how quickly I can mesh with a new partner. And I want to project that into the world. So, you know, God forbid, knock on wood, if something happens to Tiger Mask and I need to find a replacement partner, I don't think that's going to be difficult for me because I can make it work with anyone. Just ask all the tag team partners I've had in Australia. There's been plenty 
I also had, what, three tag team partners in New Japan alone, starting with Ishimori, Will Ospreay, and now Tiger Mask. And I think I've done pretty damn well with all of those teams. So, you know, it's definitely something that I want to continue. But the really, 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 really big one. I've been in it three times now, but I haven't been in the finals. So best of the Super Juniors this year, whenever it happens. If it happens at the same time it's been happening the last two years at the tail end, or if we go back to a regular schedule, or hell, it could happen tomorrow and I'd be ready. But best of the Super Juniors, that's that's the one. That's the one that's eluded me. So I need to I need to knock the check mark next to that one on the list, and that's what I'm focusing towards. Let's talk about the experience of having competed at Wrestle Kingdom because for me, the junior heavyweight tag team match has always been special because I've always looked forward to kicking off the show with that match and just seeing all the talent that's come through in that spot, right? From people like Red Dragon, the Young Bucks, Rapungi Vice, and now you're in that spot alongside Tiger Mask. So can you talk to us about being in that match and the experience of just walking down that hellishly long ramp to get to the ring? Oh, all I'm thinking about the whole time walking down that ramp is don't fall, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. One of my idols who I have proudly on my arm as a tattoo is Ultimo Dragon. But unfortunately, I can't not think of the time that he slipped over in his WrestleMania debut. So whenever I see a long ramp or like a big stage, I'm just like, okay, I almost think about that moment on repeat because that's, for me, it's more important than the match. I'm like, okay, just get, get to the bottom of the ramp without falling over, without taking a misstep. And we're good. And I did that successfully. What I didn't know is that we were going to have flame pyro coming out. So as I walked out through the tunnel and I like feel this gust, I thought it was just like an air cannon or something. And then I felt the heat and I was like, oh God, this is terrible. I need to make sure I don't walk into one of these because I didn't even know where they were. So that was a whole nother thing to like look out for. The tag match itself. Yeah, I was... So excited to open uh, the second night of Wrestle Kingdom um, to be in that that junior tag match. Like you said, Stan has been something that I've enjoyed watching since I've been tuning into New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, the four way tags they've had, uh, they had a four way singles junior heavyweight match uh, a couple years ago with uh, Kushida, Hiroma Takahashi, Marty Skrull, and Will Ospreay. That was amazing as well. Those sort of matches can really set a tone for the show. Um, they're not always the longest things; they're more of a sprint but we give you plenty of action in those matches. And I think we delivered on that. Not only did we deliver on that, I proved to the world what sudden death was from El Fantasmo. So uh, for me, I could have lost the match at that point and I probably still would have been happy. But not only did I do that, I walked out with the tag team titles yet again. Tiger Mask and me retain. We go on to continue being the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Again, something that no one thought was going to happen. I saw people online were picking... Uh, mega coaches, they were picking Bullet Club's cutest tag team. No one was really picking the champs to retain because whether it was theories like, oh, Robbie's got dates in Australia, so he's taking a break. No, I'm here for a very short time because I'm the champion and I didn't take dates because I needed time away. I just needed a break and I got a break, but I'm going to be right back. So yeah, being being the kickoff for the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom in that junior tag match, it, it's it's so incredible. But I think kind of the next thing, as much as I want to hold on to these tag belts, is I need a singles match at the Tokyo Dome. That might be 2023's goal, Rowan. So uh, we'll, we'll get to that as the year progresses. We're sorry to say that we also didn't pick you guys to win the, the title match in our predictions. So it's a good I, I just want to say on the record, I'm washing my hands of that. I did not make a prediction. <laughs> no, but I got a Wrestle Kingdom related question. I want to talk about your new hair. 
because uh, I remember a week before the show on Twitter, you were looking for a barber and or a hair salon in Japan, in Tokyo. So what's the story with the new hair? And why did you make that change? You look uh, really young now. Well, that's part of it. Trying to reduce my age by what I'm doing up top. And because it's it's starting to not sit where it used to, it's starting to push further back so i'm trying to do stuff to style it a certain way to keep my youthful looks that's the secret it's out there yeah that was pretty interesting because i have a go-to barber but they were actually closed from the first of january till the fourth and because of our schedules with wrestle kingdom um because i was at the tokyo dome for the fourth i just wasn't competing that day it's a pretty early start for us so i didn't really have any time to fit in not only a haircut but the dye job that i've got going on at the moment which you know, a lot of my friends and family like to call the Cruella de Vil, which is the half black, platinum blonde or white. And uh, one of my friends actually said, yeah, you're going for that look where you just kill heaps of puppies, right? And I was like, no, don't put that out into the world, please. That's definitely not what I'm going for. Um, yeah, it, honestly, it was just something different that I wanted to go for. My barber hit the nail on the head the first time around. And uh, when I went to one of the suggestions that people projected on Twitter, uh, I just showed them the image of my last hairstyle. And I said, can you just do this? And they, they nailed it. Hey, the, the barber I went to was cool. It was like a private room. It was a little bit more swanky than my normal one. And I basically watched the entire Jurassic World on a screen whilst I was getting my hair done, which was pretty cool. We're taking one last break from our conversation with Robbie Eagle so we can let you know about how you can support the podcast through your online shopping over on Shopee. Right, guys. Shopee also has a lot of great deals all the time as well. So if you want to take advantage of their sales and support the podcast in the process, it is podslink.co slash W9X. Podslink.co slash the letter W, the number 9, and the letter X. Again, type that in your mobile browser at the cart and check out from the app. And what you buy will also help us do what we do here in the podcast at no extra cost. And you can also treat yourself to a New Year's gift from the Nike Southeast Asian online store and support the podcast in one go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All you got to do is use the affiliate link podlink.co slash the number two, the letter J and the number eight. And again, what you buy will go a long way in doing what we do here on the podcast. And now another break to hear from our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. Are you a big sports fan? If so, make sure to listen to Off the Record with me, Mix Bustos. Together, we'll get up close and personal with the biggest names in the sports industry. Check it out after listening to this episode. Off the Record is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms thanks to Podcast Network Asia. Catch you guys on my show. What's it like tagging with Tiger Mask? You know, uh, somebody who's been um, in the business for such a long time. Uh, you mentioned he's 20 years your senior. And uh, I, I can imagine there has to also be a little bit of a language barrier. So can you talk to us about that experience? Yeah, tagging with any of the Japanese guys always has a bit of a language barrier, but some of them are better with their English than others. Tiger's pretty good because he's been around a lot of foreigners through his time. So he knows how to effectively communicate. He doesn't say anything more than he needs to. He'll just kind of get to the point and that's pretty much it. When we're coming up with ideas for combinations we can throw into the ring, it's pretty fluent. We both have a very similar style for professional wrestling. He once upon a time flew a little bit more than he does now. So I've just kind of taken over that role for him. But when it comes to striking and ground game, he's still got that in spades. So we're able to kind of, with my submission and striking style, I can kind of make some suggestions for things that can help us win the matches. And then he comes in with that veteran approach. He comes in with that 
more tactical, more knowledgeable ideology of professional wrestling where he might be going, hey, they throw this at you, be ready for this or go to this position or go to this counter. So it's really influential for me to have him as my tag team partner because I think it's really given me a different perspective on professional wrestling between the ropes. And yeah, I'm, I'm super fortunate. Before that, I had had a couple of matches against him, but, uh, you know, teaming with him is a whole nother thing and it's given me a new appreciation. And he's thrown some techniques that I haven't used before that I might just showcase this weekend in PWA so people have to tune in to see that if it's going to come to fruition. I want to ask uh, further on the language barrier because uh, if you're a wrestling fan and you have no idea what it's like to you know, just uh, be in a locker room, for example, or to even just talk to wrestlers, I can imagine that having the language barrier could be challenging, especially when you're, when you're a foreigner living in Japan. So how do you overcome that when you know, um, it, it's such a big hurdle to get over? you just try and learn the language that they speak pretty much. I feel like I've gotten a little bit better with my Japanese, but it's still nowhere where it should be. Chalk that up to New Japan being a fairly multicultural company and, you know, making it almost feel like we're not working in a foreign country for a lot of us. The thing with wrestling is it's quite universal. So even if you're using your body language to interpret something, it comes across quite naturally to, to anyone, whether it's someone who's Hispanic Japanese, other Asian countries, uh, I've kind of been able to get through it with most partners in professional wrestling. So I've never really been super stumped by it, but I definitely can see people that are less experienced with someone that doesn't speak the same language as them having some struggles. But it all comes down to body language and people know suplex, hip toss, body slam. They understand the base techniques that you kind of learn as wrestling 101. So that's kind of universally spoken. Speaking of the multiculturalism of New Japan, how does it feel to be, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the first Filipino to be a, you know, a champion of your stature in, in New Japan? Take that, TJP, is what I can say. <laughs> I approve. And I'm sure everyone else does because he is on the dark side now of the United Empire. So our friendship is pretty much terminated as much as he wants to cling on to it. I do not agree with the way they go about things. So uh, the post-match or post-tour donuts are going to have to all go to me. I'm not sharing with TJ anymore. <laughs> I want to get into the Australian wrestling scene now that you're back in Sydney, right? Uh, you have a couple of dates uh, back with PWA. So what's the scene like right now um, in this 2022 version of the pandemic? I think it's unpredictable. With COVID cases right now going a bit rampant, it's, it's, it's almost hard to predict how this Friday... Uh, the event, um, Welcome to the Black Label Parade, it's almost hard to predict how that's going to shape. Um, I still don't know who I'm wrestling at this stage because I think they're still making sure that the roster's intact. Um, some people have been getting it. Some people have been staying away from it. Um, some people may be staying away from the matches just to ensure they don't get it. Um, completely understand on all sides of the fence. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard to say how it is right now because things have changed throughout December and now bleeding into January, that it's almost like whatever January was going to look like, it may not look anything like that anymore. So, uh, but what we were shaping towards, you know, there, there's a match announced between Adam Brooks and Ricky South, which is a rematch from what they had at MCW where Melbourne city wrestling and PWA recently had like a head to head show, which was cool because we don't often see the interactions between two promotions like that, almost like what new Japan did with Noah at the uh, Yokohama arena. So we're seeing that spill over from 
the first event where that was kind of the marquee attraction was PWA and MCW Worlds colliding. And now we're seeing Adam Brooks come to our side of the, uh, the territory lines and uh, try and get his win back on Ricky South's home territory. So that's going to be interesting. The other really interesting thing that has been announced is Aussie Open uh, kind of got reprimanded by Rev Pro management for striking referees. Again, they're part of the United Empire. I don't really get along with those boys anymore. So they've changed from what I can tell, but they've been barred from the UK for a little bit. So they're back in Australia again on a vacation, quote unquote. And uh, they actually get to have the rematch with the velocities, which I think is well-deserved because that match got, uh, I think, 4.75 from Meltzer last year. And I couldn't be there in attendance, but it was incredible. And if you haven't seen it yet, you've got to watch the velocities versus Aussie Open. And I think this rematch is going to be even bigger and better than the last one they had. So Australian wrestling is really growing. Uh, We're live streaming more events than often. You know, the talent that's coming through right now is hungrier than ever. They're, they're going through the training quicker than anticipated and getting to that kind of performer level much sooner than any of us project when we first see them step into an academy. And it makes it really exciting. I just want the stop-start nature of the world and the pandemic to, to go away so that we can kind of see what a full year looks like for Australian wrestling. And, you know, that would be my wish for, for Filipino wrestling as well because I, I felt like, after leaving that event in February of 2020, things were really starting to pick up. And the fans there were so incredible, just like the fans here in Australia. They're, they're chomping at the bit for that, that live wrestling fix. And they were really loyal to the product that they were watching. They were part of that kind of, they felt like they were part of something. And then that's all kind of been taken away from a lot of us, um, you guys more than us, especially. But, you know, in, in Australia, we might get a couple of events uh, for a month or two and then it's kind of like oh no that's taken away and whether that's you know restrictions of people being locked down in general whether that's venues not wanting to take the risk of having an event in the case that it's a, a super spreader or you know even just something where people can track the virus or whether it's you know people going hey we don't want to come out anymore because we're a little bit you know antsy with things that are going on it's really difficult so I just I just want to have things go back well, not even go back. Let's move forward. Let's get past the virus and, you know, get to a point where everyone's safe and healthy and we can get a full year, if not two and three and four and five to see what this can turn into. Because I really think the next hotspot is going to be Australia. As we begin to wind down here, I want to ask you about the Australian wrestling scene and how they look to you as an elder statesman. Not calling you old because you, Ro, and I are all the same age, but have they been reaching out to you even while you're in Japan? And what type of advice have you been doling out to everybody in Australia who's trying to keep the wrestling scene going, pandemic notwithstanding? Yeah, uh, a couple of people have reached out to me and there's definitely some people that I would always kind of look out for and just give some advice as soon as I would see something. You know, mostly it's to do with people that train at the pro wrestling academy which is where i coach when i am back home they would uh if they had matches they'd ask me straight away if i watched and more often than not i would be watching even if a pwa event was happening at the same time that i'd be having a new japan event i'd be i'd have the stream on my phone before and after my matches because i just can't be torn away from my family here and uh apparently i'm too much of a wrestling addict but yeah it it was just kind of like everyone trying to look at how they can get to that next level, how they can get their in-ring wrestling to be the same as what I experienced on like a New Japan level. They would say, do you think this is 
of the same caliber or what do I need to do to be more like this person? Or they'd watch one of my matches and go, hey, I noticed you did this, this and this. How did you time that? Or how did you pace that? So it would all be personal experience that I'd give them. And anytime I do give advice, it would be not so much me saying, this is what you need to do. It's more, if I was in that position as you, as your version of the wrestler that you are, here's what I probably would have done. They can do with that as they will. If they feel like it doesn't work for them, then that's fine. It's just advice. They don't have to do it. I'm just saying, here's where I think I can try and make something better for you. And then if they don't want to take it, cool. Uh, If they do take it and they try it and it doesn't work, also cool. If they do take it and try it and they feel like it was better, then that's me satisfied because that's what I was going for. I was only doing that to make them go, hey, yeah, that was easier or hey, that was a lot better and smoother than it, than it was before. So it's, it's all about making everyone better because my thing is, you know, a rising tide rises all ships. Is that the expression? So uh, I really want that for anywhere that I can help within the world of professional wrestling, because I feel like as wrestling grows all over the world, it makes it better for all of us because all of our dreams and aspirations are to do this full time. So if we can grow the product in our own countries to a point where we can do that, no one has to leave. We can all do it from wherever we're born or raised or wherever we're living. And um, hearing of my friends that were with WWE and then kind of got let go, you know, some of them pretty openly spoke about problems with things like green cards and with visas that they were faced with after that. And that's the problem of being a foreign wrestler living abroad. You're not always in the most safe is the word that's coming to me, but I guess like you're not in the, in the best position in terms of, you know, your security as we've seen. So if I can help make Australian wrestling or Philippine wrestling or places like Malaysia I've been to as well, if I can help make those grow and then grow into something where everyone, not only the promotion, but the wrestlers can make more money out of it and then, you know, do it full time. They don't have to have a side gig. They can just invest completely into the professional wrestling and then be the best version of themselves within that. That's my, that's my goal and aspiration around the world. And I'll, no matter Where I go to personally, that's always going to be the thing that drives me forward is to bring it back to wherever I can. And, you know, eventually I want to, I want all the Aussies that keep moving abroad and keep getting taken from me. I want them to be able to stay so that I can enjoy my time with them for longer. That's a bit selfish, I know. (laughs) Speaking of advice. So the last time we spoke with you was what, in the middle of 2020 and now it's 2022 and we might have seen the worst of the virus, uh, fingers crossed. And we're kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. So I want to ask, do you have any new advice, uh, maybe wrestling, maybe life advice that you've learned now that now that we're almost in the clear? Yeah, I think it's always pretty much the same, but it's just, you got to, put into it what you want to get out. So if you put in more effort into professional wrestling, you'll get more out of it. Uh, Jonah likes to say that uh, he was taught this very early into his wrestling is that wrestling doesn't owe you anything, which is very true. Whether you've been doing it for one year, 10 years, 20 years, it doesn't owe you anything. At any point, you can just go, oh shit, I need to understand where I'm at and I need to put the effort back in because it's not just something I can just walk in and out of with my eyes closed anymore. I need to put more effort into this. Just like any other job. If you start slacking off and being lazy, you get cut, right? Or people tell you that you need to work harder. That's exactly how it is in professional wrestling. Whether you're locked down at home, whether you have gyms to your access, always, always stay as fit and healthy as you can because it's just going to help your longevity of your career. Injuries won't be as bad. And you'll be able to go for longer periods of time in the ring. So if you ever felt fatigue after 10 minutes, 
you want to get past that if you get a bigger match you might need more time to have that more extravagant showcase so you need to work on your conditioning um i always tell people to work on how they present themselves so that's their their gear choices they do any face painting and makeup and extra accessories whatever it is they need to fully embody visually whatever it is that they feel that the wrestler inside of them is so that's another thing and then i think the other thing that i've picked up on that i've kind of noticed from people that i've spent time with abroad and at home is be knowledgeable of where professional wrestling is right now and i'm not saying that as in go hey watch AEW and do exactly what they're doing right now because that's what you know the hot, the hotness is right now is AEW you don't want to do exactly what you see because then you're just going to be a carbon copy of someone else what i mean is you need to know who's relevant at the time that you're in the same industry and you need to stay aware of people that were before you and after you because it's like any other job or workplace. If you worked for Toyota, you don't just pretend to not know any of the other car manufacturers. You need to make sure that what you're doing is separate from what they're doing. So it's it's in your own lane, but you need to also be aware of, oh, well, we don't want to just not know what the competition's doing because we don't want to look like a copycat either. Like you need to be aware of everyone and everything. I'm not saying you need to soak in like hundreds of hours a day of professional wrestling because that's impossible. But what I'm saying is be aware of the landscape and especially who's on top because if you're not then if someone comes in and goes hey you're like a second version of such and such and you don't know that because you're not paying attention you could have changed that by doing something ever so slightly differently to make it more unique to yourself but what you've done is you've just done it probably you saw it somewhere as like a split second clip forgot about it for months and then you've gone hey i've got this idea not remembered where it's come from and then now you've done you've put something out into the universe that you thought was unique but now it wasn't so i really think that's really really important um because i meet a lot of people in the wrestling industry that i'll say oh yeah such and such did this on AEW, or such and such did this in new japan or they did this in 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 noah or um wwe AEW, impact wherever it is right wrestling is pretty accessible to us so it's pretty easy to see this especially with social media and then the people that I'll be talking to will reply and be like, oh, I, I don't know who that is. Whether that's an ego thing and they don't actually know or whether that's them generally, and I think most of the time it is genuine that they don't know. I'm like, how are you in this industry but not studying this industry? I feel like that's putting you at a fault and you could be at a higher level if you knew more about your current, basically they're all our peers and they're all our competition. So you want to be at the head of the curve of that. So yeah, that's definitely like a big, big thing for me. I'm going to speak to that personally because you're somebody that I've gone to for advice on these things. Uh, so, you know, I, I just want to say on behalf, I guess, of everybody who's consulted you on these things, thank you so much for just being very generous with your advice, with your insights and your takeaways on this because um, you really can't put a number uh, on, on how valuable this, this all is. So thank you, man. Before we end, Robbie, is there anything you want the Filipino wrestling community to check out, especially as we turn the page and head into the rest of 2022? Uh, I would love the Filipino wrestling community to continue supporting New Japan Pro Wrestling. When I was out there in February of 2020, I was so surprised with how many people were knowledgeable of the product and people wearing the merchandise from New Japan Pro Wrestling. I've since told people like Tiger Mask and like some of the others in New Japan Pro Wrestling, I've said, hey, 
when we can, we need to do a show in the Philippines because they're chomping at the bit for us to come over there and they would go absolutely bonkers. Like I remembered what what the fans were like in attendance in, in Makati at that time. And uh, yeah, I would I would love for a new Japan show to hit the Philippines because I think that would be awesome. And the, the travel wouldn't be as far as some of the other places we go to. So I think it's it's something that could work. So definitely keep watching New Japan World. Uh, and then, you know, if they haven't already, they, they got to check out some of the Aussie stuff because, again, the time difference between Australia and the Philippines, it's not that far different. So we're at a pretty decent hour for you guys to tune in and watch what we're doing over here, especially when it's live streamed. So people can catch it either on replay or live, but PWA is on Fight. So if they get the Fight app, they can watch uh, Pro Wrestling Australia, Black Label. It is Welcome to the Black Label Parade, January 14th. I think kickoff will be around 4 or 5 p.m. your time. I could be completely wrong, but definitely check social media to get the actual timing on that. And if it's on replay, just watch it whenever you like. Uh, even just search PWA on Fight and watch one of our previous events. That way, I know there's a few for free on YouTube if you want to dip your toes into the water on the free side of things first. But we're doing some pretty cool stuff in Australia, and I think point proven with people like Persia Parada and Grayson Moore the next set of people that you're going to be looking at in that main spotlight are coming right from our backyard right now. So I think people need to pay attention a little bit more. All right. Uh, on that note, I just want to say, uh, Robbie, thank you so much for spending time with us again here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Uh, it's, it's always a great time whenever we get to talk about wrestling or anything in general. So, you know, we're really looking forward to having you back sometime in the future. And hey, uh, next month, a new season of Australian Survivor premieres. Great birthday gift for you and I. Yeah, uh, at the end of January, I saw the ad for it yesterday when I was watching TV for the first time back home. And I was like, oh, I forgot that was a thing that's happening. I may be here. I may be in Japan by then. But lucky that there's streaming services where I can still catch it, which you knew I was doing earlier during my time in Japan. So, uh, you know, I'm definitely going to be tuning in. Thanks again to Robbie Eagles for joining us here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. What a way to start 2022, huh? Yep, sobrang nice get, sobrang nag-align yung, yung schedules natin. And I hope that a lot of our listeners will appreciate our New Year's gift to them. Yeah, a really big uh, shout out as well to the folks over at New Japan's PR office. Yes. Uh, so they were very, very helpful as always in letting us get this done. So thank you to Kamohara-san and the rest of the folks over at New Japan Pro Wrestling. And of course, uh, to Robbie for helping us put this all together. So as we end this uh, episode of the podcast, we've got to let you know that we've got our usual live streams. We're back at it again now that the holidays are over. You can check us out on Kumu at Wrestling Wrestling Pod or on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, Thursday nights at 7 p.m., where you can join us as we break down everything that happens in the week of wrestling. And you can also follow us on social media. Keep the conversation going as we love to do at Wrestling Wrestling Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter and TikTok. It is at Wrestling2XPod. Uh, you can also follow us on Spotify and please give us those sweet five-star ratings at Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we're giving away some uh, promo vouchers from our friends over at Mega, as in the Mega uh, online cloud storage site uh, that um, our friend Asia Agawili is part 
part of. That's courtesy of our friends from Machong Chismisan. You can hear more about that on the live stream. So for now, just take a screenshot of you giving us a 5-star rating. And if you can submit that screenshot as a comment on our Facebook page, we'll put you into this week's raffle draw. For now, though, we got to get out of here. So thank you very much to Babyface producer Gail and everybody over at PNA for putting these episodes together. Uh, thank you again. To everybody who's been listening to the podcast And giving us those 5 star ratings And those comments And those subscribe numbers Thank you very much And uh, we're gonna catch you on Thursday For the weekly live stream So follow us on Twitter It is at Monday Night Rowan N-I-T-E on Twitter And I-G-H-T on Instagram For Ro it is at Ro is War For Chino it's at Chino Supersized And for me it is at Underscore Stan C On behalf of everyone on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast Please keep your masks on Stay at home, please And only go out to get your essentials And your vaccines and your boosters And in a few months, go out and vote Wrestling Wrestling Podcast Out Peace The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.